This is the Chillinoy Podcast. Marijuana. Pot. Grass, whatever you want to call it. Is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States, and we haven't begun to find out all of the ill effects. This episode was recorded on Saturday, December 12th. I'm Justine. And I am Cole. So today we are joined by uh, one of the cannabis, CBD, and hemp analytical laboratories, uh, one of the first actually, um, to open up in the state of Illinois, Orego Labs. Orego Labs is the premier testing services provider of analytical and microbiological testing services for small to medium-sized enterprises in the cannabis, CBD, and hemp industry. Um, they work to ensure safe and chemical-free products. Orego Labs offers a suite of testing, including um, ca- cannabinoid potency, residual solvents, microbiological impurities, heavy metal, uh, pesticide screening, terpene profiling, moisture activity, and mycotoxin analysis. I probably said that wrong, but um, when we have our guest join in here in a little bit, he can cor- uh, correct me. Um, they do that through validated, accredited, and defensible methodologies. The team at Orego Labs is made up by a group of professionals with backgrounds in chemistry, product development, regulatory compliance, operations, and new business development. Orego Labs are accredited and licensed by the Illinois Department of Agriculture and have performed uh, various complex and regulated testing in the cannabis, CBD, and hemp industry. And you'll have to forgive me, Tim. Uh, we're joined by Tim from Orego Labs. I stumbled there a few times because I myself uh, test cannabis. I don't test it with the cool machines you do. I'm, I'm testing some homegrown cannabis myself the good old-fashioned way. So um, forgive my uh, uh, verbal stumbles, but welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, thank you, Cole. I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, you know, no, you did a fantastic job there in the intro. You, you really touched on on everything. It's it's kind of a mouthful. Um, you know, I, I've kind of been working through that as well. So you did fantastic there. Cool. Well, again, thanks for coming on the show. Tim, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and then tell us about Orgo Labs. Yeah. How, how you came to Orgo Labs and all that. So yeah, I come from uh, you know the the chemical coatings and paint industry, um, as well as the healthcare um, and CPG um, side of the business. And um, you know my background's more in the marketing as well as the the business development and operation side of things. Um, you know, I, I kind of I, I went to Notre Dame University um, to, for grad school and got my MBA um, there. I met uh, my business partners and. Um, we just kind of kind of stumbled upon when the cannabis industry became legalized here in Illinois. Um, it was a we, we kind of looked at it as um, through a unique lens. Um, my business partner comes from the the chemistry and um, you know laboratory background, and we kind of had a good uh, a good meshing of of capabilities and an experience that we were all bringing to the table, and thought that this was a fantastic opportunity to to kind of get involved in a in a new and incredibly growing market, um, such as cannabis. And, um, from there we started looking at, you know, what's the current landscape, how's everything, um, kind of looking and, um, you know, from an educational and a transparency side, um, especially when it pertains to testing and test results, we, we saw that there was a fairly large gap, um, in that side of things. And we, 
we really wanted to come in and, and try to fill that void, um, you know, provide, you know, enhanced transparency um, and, and educational materials, um, not only to the end consumer, but also, uh, you know, the growers and, and cultivators and, and processors and infusers out in the market, because, you know, if, if it starts with them and it, and it trickles down to the, the end consumer, um, it's, it's obviously it's going to benefit them. It's going to help create and generate more unique um, and, and better high quality and, and pure products uh, to be able to put on the shelves, which will ultimately help, uh, you know, the, the medical patients as well as the, uh, the Illinois consumers. Nice. So where can our uh, community find you guys online? Yeah, so our uh, website is theorigolabs.com. So uh, T-H-E-O-R-I-G-O-L-A-B-S.com. Yeah, I've got to say, I've been checking out your website and it's pretty cool. You guys have some some really awesome information in there and some cool like features to, especially um, on the COA page, which we'll get into COAs later, but um, the little interactive hover over dots that just super cool. Great job. Yeah, we wanted to make it, you know, the website in particular, uh, you know, super user intuitive um, where, you know, we can, you know, direct customers or direct medical patients, um, you know, to this site. And, you know, it's filled with a wealth of knowledge, um, you know, on the cannabinoids page, um, we try to select, you know, the eight or nine major cannabinoids and, and really try to give you, you know, a good couple sentences or two on, you know, what describes, um, you know, those cannabinoids, what their effects are, what their impacts are, and how they can, uh, they, they can benefit people. Um, so we've got a ton of information on there. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, but uh, we also are on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, so please check us out there as well um, and, and give us a follow. Thanks for, sh- thanks for shouting that out. Yeah, people, check out the Orgo Labs online. Once again, that's the Orgolabs.com. So I think one of the the most exciting things, at least um, for our community, just to, I guess, dive right into um, a service that you do provide the community that I think is really awesome. Um, And this actually comes from a community question, which we'll get into community questions later. We gathered um, some community questions for you, Tim. So uh, we'll, you know, give you some questions from the community um, and uh, provide some answers to the community. And that's what I love about you guys. Like you said, you're all about uh, transparency. So I want to, again, thank you for coming on to the Chillinois podcast. Um, cause I, I feel like that really, uh, shows your efforts with regard to that. So, um, what are the options for medical home growers? You know, now that we have the right to cultivate, cultivate cannabis at home, I made the, the lame joke at the beginning of the show that we're testing our own home grow cannabis, you know, the old fashioned way, but I really want to test my homegrown cannabis. How do I do that uh, with you guys? Yeah, so we're, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, our knowledge is, is we're, we're one of the uh, the few or, or the only um, laboratories here in Illinois that is testing um, for medical patients, um, you know, their, their homegrown strains. So um, all you would need to do is, is reach out to us and contact us, um, create an account. And um, from there, um, because you can't ship the product, you'd have to, to schedule a, a drop off at our lab. And from there, you know, we'd be able to, to run through the various tests, um, you know, for a homegrown patient. And, you know, there's a ton of benefits behind, uh, you know, growing from home, not only from a potency perspective, but you know, I've heard it, 
you know, time and time again from home growers, but you know, the one that keeps popping up that always sticks out in my mind because it's so absolutely ridiculous is, um, you know, I've had home growers call in and be like, well, you know, I'm just going to get a, you know, potency testing or, or something along those lines. And, um, I later find out in the conversation that, you know, they're growing with, uh, with miracle grow, um, as their, as their soil. And, um, you know, from there, it's just, there's a ton of harmful pesticides, fertilizers in there that, can be incredibly harmful to not only the plant, but, but the consumer who's ingesting that product. So um, just having a good understanding of, you know, the base concepts of what you should be doing, what you should be using, um, as well as understanding that there are a lot of health risks um, associated with, you know, the products and um, stuff that you're putting into your plants. Um, so there, there's a ton of benefits, but um, yeah, it's we can definitely help in, in regards to to making sure that you know the the medicine and the plants that these medical patients are, are consuming are are 100 safe for consumption. That's I, awesome. I think it's really interesting that you bring up that um, you're finding that home growers are using you know just regular potting soil like Miracle Grow. Um, cause you would think if you can grow a healthy flower in it, then you can grow cannabis pretty healthily in it. So how do you usually like approach that subject with somebody who you're talking to about doing their testing for their home grow? Well, there's so much, you know, variety in, in terms of, and, um, so many different environmental impacts that can happen on a grow. Um, you know, you, you can look at, in terms of variants can be, you know, put into the cultivation process and, um, you know, at really any point. So whether it's the soil, whether it's the water that you're using, um, whether it's, you know, any of the fertilizers or anything like that, um, or even the, the air quality, um, you know, of where you're growing, um, in terms of, you know, what, what type of quality you have in that air, it can cause, you know, a, a bad environment and can cause, you know, yeast and mold um, contamination or, um, you know, what temperatures you're going to have um, your grow at. And there, there's so many factors that kind of play into the quality of the plant that, um, you know, I, I, what, I, what we found is that there's a lot of people who don't necessarily know what they're doing, but they know enough to be dangerous um, in terms of, they, you know, getting their plants to, to sprout and, and get their plants to grow and produce a, a decent yield, um, that that's all fine and great. But um, if it's got, you know, pesticides, contamination or mycotoxins or um, yeast and mold on there, um, it, it's it's going to be harmful if ingested. Um, you know, it may not, you know, cause a fatality or anything, but it can cause, you know, headaches or upset stomachs or um, you know, achy aches and pain. So, um, it, it's really it, being able to understand that full scope of what everything is. And that's really where that educational piece comes in on our end is we really want to be able to get that information in the fingertips of, uh, of our customers and the end consumers. And, um, you know, you mentioned the, the COA page on our website, um, understanding a COA, we tried to make that um, and try to answer any questions. That was a lot of questions that came directly from customers um, that we were like, you know, this would just be great to have on, on you know, this understanding a COA page just so, A, we don't have to answer it a million times, but B, we should try to just get, get this information out there. Um, we should try to be proactive and getting the market to understand, um, you know, why heavy metals are, are harmful. Um, 
why vitamin E is, is harmful. I know that vaping epidemic and the vaping crisis that, that happened um, a little over a year or two ago, um, that was directly linked to, to heavy metals and vitamin E acetate. And, uh, you know, that was mainly because of a lack of knowledge of, you know, people producing these products on the black market. Um, just not having an understanding that, you know, you could take vitamin E every morning in a pill form and you're, you're totally fine. Um, but the second you heat it up past a certain temperature, it, it can become lethal if, if ingested. And um, that's what people just didn't understand. And, you know, there's a lot of science that, that goes into a lot of this stuff. Um, and, and that's where, you know, we're really trying to help out and step in and, and really be able to provide that information for, for our customers. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, one thing I learned and I can like, I can relate to some of those people that like, you know, you don't think about, uh, how important some of those, those things are that, that are huge. So like soil, you know, um, I didn't necessarily know when I started growing that Scott's miracle grow wasn't like, I mean, if you asked me about soil, I'd say Scott's miracle grow, you know, cause it's just like something or like one of the other big brands, but that's one that comes to mind, you know? And then, um, another thing that I didn't think would be huge in uh, cannabis cultivation was water. Um, and so I just wanted to say, you know, to folks that, um, water is, very important. And if you want information on like your city's water, you should be able to contact your city about it. Like for example, the, the town we used to live in, um, it had, they had chlorine in their water, which, um, some towns have chloramine in their water. And so the difference is chlorine can evaporate in like 24 hours, give or take. Um, or so they say, I may, I may be wrong about that. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Google me folks and Tim, feel free to jump in. Um, but I know that I've heard that chloramine, it's just more or less the same as chlorine, but it does not have, uh, those same, like, I guess, evaporative, uh, features. And so you'd actually have to like do something to your water to like treat it. Not only that, a lot of, uh, towns use like fluoride in their water, um, etc. I think that's like a, a federal thing. So we're getting like deep into water, but, um, water is important. And I guess if you want to make water easy, look into getting uh, reverse osmosis water. I'd say that would be my recommendation because that's about the cleanest water you can get. Um, rainwater is a good option as well. Um, you know, environment depending I'd say, but yeah, it, it's interesting, Tim. I didn't mean to get into a, a whole thing on water, but it's int- what I really wanted to um, reiterate what you were saying is that like the small things do really matter, air quality, soil, water. And, uh, you know, with the lack of knowledge in this, I guess, area, this field, if you want to say that, um, you said earlier, you know, people know enough to be dangerous and that's, it's like literally like, you know, they're growing the plant, but if they're growing it with Scott's miracle grow, that's, that's dangerous, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, one of those things where, you know, I think it's just because it is so new. Um, I, I think it'll obviously correct itself. And, you know, there, there are really, really good home growers and, um, you know, growers within the state. So um, I don't want to say like overarch and, and just blanket the entire market like that. No, no. But uh, you know, what's cool about your guys's tests, like, tell us about like what the your testing profile shows a home grower. Yeah, so it'll show you um, the distribution of, you know, the 11 uh, major cannabinoids that, that we analyze, um, all of the main ones from, you know, TH, Delta 9, Delta 8, 
um, THC, and then also, you know, THCA, um, THCV, CBN, um, CBG, you know, some of these awesome um, cannabinoids, we will show you the exact level of milligrams per gram, um, as well as the percentage, which is probably the easiest for, for consumers to understand and comprehend, um, is that, that percentage number. Um, and then we also have a, a nice little bar graph there um, of the abundance of, um, you know, the, the content of those cannabinoids within that plant. So, um, you know, from that perspective, from the cannabinoids, um, those are the 11 that, that we analyze. And then um, from terpenes, we, we do about 33 terpenes um, and counting. Um, I believe we're adding on a couple more here soon. Um, but the terpenes are, are really the help from a um, more or less from a marketing standpoint, but it really helps you understand the um, the smell as well as the taste uh, of what you should be expecting in that plant. So, um, you know, we, we offer a nice little, um, you know, great visual, um, a, a nice little colorful pie chart um, that kind of gives a breakdown and percent distribution um, of, of each of those cannabinoids. But um, if you get like a, a plant that has that, that pine scent to it, or that citrusy or, or strawberry or some sort of scent to it, um, you know, that's the terpenes that are, that are playing into that plant. So um, th those are kind of the two, two main sections, um, you know, from everything else. We, I mean, we also test for, for microbiological impurities, um, heavy metals, residual solvents for infused products. Um, you know, you name it, we, we can test for it. Cool. Well, um, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the description of the podcast because we've got a link uh, to the Oregolabs.com, specifically to uh, their understanding of COA page. Um, and if you guys pull this up uh, on page four, you can see that terpene pie chart that he was talking about. And you can, I mean, you can see the whole breakdown. And like Justine was mentioning earlier, there's little green dots on uh, the report that kind of give you uh, more information as to what, uh, or I guess context to the information that the lab is, that the report is saying. Is that fair to say, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. It, we, we tried to make it, like you mentioned, those green dots as, as interactive and as user intuitive as possible to mainly just try to add some additional information cleanly to this page um, and make it look good um, and, and be able to present it to our customers in a, in a you know, clean fashion. So, um, sure. you know, we, we try to, cause those are a lot of questions we get are around, uh, you know, I don't really know what this means or what is this, you know, LOQ or LOD, um, for limited detection or limit, limit of quantification. So, um, or what does ND stand for, for not registered? Um, so there's little things in there that are a little bit more scientific based that, you know, from our perspective, we wanted to be able to, to, get that information out there and be proactive and in getting that information out there to our, our consumers. Um, because that, that only ultimately helps us in the long run. Um, we don't have to continuously have those conversations with, with customers or our clients of saying, Hey, this is how you read this, or this is how you should understand this. It's, Oh, I, I can just go right back to their website, uh, click on there and, and get that information, um, you know, and have it at my fingertips. So that is something that we were, actively trying to pursue on our end. And um, we're always looking to add content to this. So as questions come up from customers, um, we're trying to include that on this page as well um, and constantly keep it updated. So it's got the most relevant information and, and the information that matters the most. Gotcha. So just to, I guess, swing it to a, a broader conversation, just to, 
you know, tell us about um, why COAs are important in the industry because, you know, I, I we never give anybody fault. We never fault anybody for going to the black market. I'm not, I'm saying Justine and I, we never fault anybody um, for doing that. Um, but, you know, w the one thing we always say is that you are assuming a level of risk. And um, I just, you know, I want to encourage people to, to just be careful um, and, and, you know, preferably only purchase cannabis if you have a COA. And uh, from, and by that I mean, or you can get a COA, and by that I mean a legal dispensary. But can you can you just tell us like broadly why, um, like what a COA is? Uh, we've kind of gone over it. It's a lab report, um, but why it's important? Yeah. So the biggest benefits are just making sure that the product that you're purchasing is is safe for consumption, and it's going to be you know tested by a, an authorized or a licensed and and accredited laboratory. So. Um, you know, the key things to look at are, are mainly, you know, the signature as well as, um, you know, making sure that it says certificate of analysis on there. Um, there are, you know, black market companies that, that we've seen that post, you know, results and everything. But if you actually dig into it and look closely, it, it doesn't say certificate of analysis on there. It just gives you the results. Um, and it's something that, you know, can't be trusted. Um you know, especially on the black market, they aren't testing for anything. Any numbers that they're right. giving you is, um, you know, just from a potency standpoint, um, you know, that everything's round numbers that they're giving you, <laughs> which should be, <laughs> yeah. should be a pretty clear indication of like, hey, this this really wasn't tested. There's no science behind this to back this up. Um, but on top of that, they're, they're not even coming close to the testing for you know, the heavy metals or the residual solvents. So kind of circling back to when we were talking about home growers, you know, a lot of this black market stuff, it's coming from, um, you know, groups that are growing it underground. Um, and then they're also, you know, coming in from out of state. Um, there's stuff that's coming in from out of state that presumably we haven't seen it and I can't speak to it, um, but it's presumably coming in from out of state. And, um, you know, it probably didn't pass something out of state and it, wait tim you're telling me my Fortnite cart isn't 99 percent thc <laughs> no it's hard to believe hard <laughs> to believe um but yeah so we've you know we've obviously we we've kind of heard and, and seen stuff like that um you know on our end we we can only speak to what we do um and and how we test and and what we test for um but you know buying anything on the black market you're really running a huge risk in terms of you know more or less, I don't think anything's going to hurt you on, you know, a short term basis. Um, but, you know, continuous use and, and continuous, uh, you know, consumption of, you know, yeast and moldy products or, um, you know, stuff that has, you know, harmful pesticides or heavy metals in it. Um, it's going to eventually take its toll on you. So having a good understanding of that, um, it, it's paramount. Absolutely. So Tim, what is Orgo Labs doing for their clients that enables their consumers to be, you know, to take the power of information into their own hands? Yeah, probably the, the biggest thing um, that, that we're trying to, to get out there is um, we're offering our clients a, a you know, a turnkey solution um, to offer them QR codes to get that information out there onto their product packaging. Um, taking up very minimal space on their packaging. 
um, to be able to, once a customer um, purchases it, they can just whip out their phone, um, end up scanning that QR code, and it takes them directly to these test results. Um, and, and it gives them this level of full information of, you know, here's the exact results. Here's what it tested at for, for potency. Nothing was detected at, you know, heavy metals and nothing was detected at pesticides. And, you know, there was absolutely nothing showing up. So this product is clean and, and safe for consumption. So, um, you know, I, I definitely, I would say the information that we're providing, you know, on our website, but more importantly, that, that QR code and, and making it more of a, a universal standard um, within the Illinois market is our ultimate goal because I, I think by having that information um, readily available for these customers um, is going to be incredibly helpful in, in them deciding, you know, what products to go with, um, which brands to go with, um, you know, how consistent is the product that I'm buying. I'm, I'm sure we've, um, you know, we've all been there in terms of, you know, a chocolate bar um, edible and, you know, you have one corner and your buddy has another corner and, you're totally fine, but next thing you know, your buddy's sinking into the couch and he can't speak. And <laughs> there's really no uniformity and consistency right now in that. And um, you know, really trying to you know hold these these cultivation centers to really think on their feet and and you know think strategically on how can I create you know these these dosages that are consistent among each product that that we create or product assortment that we create. Um, it's only going to ultimately help them in, in their branding, but it, it's going to inversely help the um, the medical patients as well get you know better, right. pure, safer, higher quality medicine. So right, um, it, it's it's really trying, and, and it starts with that QR code. So that's that's really kind of how we're we're trying to attack this and trying to get that information out there because we see it as you know a win win. They can get this full information and full, um, you know, suite of information out to the customers, um, without really taking up any space on their packaging. Um, I mean, you could be a couple, you know, an inch by an inch and, and there you go. You have that information readily available for your customers. I really cannot wait to tell or to ask my father if he ever thought back in the seventies when he started smoking weed, that someday he would be able to pull out his phone and pointed at his bottle that he just bought and see all of the potency analysis. So that is super, super cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And like, like uh, you said too earlier, Tim, it's like, is that limonene that I'm smelling? And you pull up the terpene profile and you're like, that is limonene that I'm smelling, you know? So yeah, um, yep. and that's me on what the product is going to smell and feel like too. Yeah, and that's one of those things where all a lot of these cultivation centers, to that point, they already are testing for terpenes. They just aren't presenting it on their packaging because it, you know, like right now we test for thirty three different terpenes or thirty something terpenes, and if that like you can't per, you can't put that information on a product packaging and, and do it cleanly, um, where it can make sense for for a customer. So being able to have that. Um, you know, via QR code and being able to provide that information to customers. Um, I, I personally, I, I think it's incredibly beneficial and um, something that I think should already be done. I know it's already, you know, Absolutely. In, in other markets um, like California and Colorado, like this isn't anything innovative that, you know, we're creating or, or thinking of. It's just something that I think it, it should just be more standardized across the Illinois industry. And, um, you know, that's what we're trying to do. That was actually one of our community questions. They were asking, yeah, about you know the fact that 
that terpene profiles are required in other states, but it's it's really optional, you know, um, to present that information in uh, in Illinois. But I love that you provide the avenue um, for cultivators to display that information because I just have to speak on behalf of our community. Um, we absolutely want that information, cultivators. If you're listening, please, you know, <laughs> give us this information because uh, this is, uh, you know, this is stuff that a more informed consumer, you know, is a better consumer. So. Um, definitely something that I think would benefit the community. And I'm glad that you guys provide uh, that avenue for, for people. So um, can you, uh, I wanted to get into um, some of the community questions, Tim. Yeah. Uh, drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> so I posted on our uh, Reddit and folks, if you're not on our Reddit and you'd like to be, just go to chillinoy.net slash Reddit. And uh, you can subscribe. It's r slash il trees. You can also join our Discord. It's chillinoy.net slash Discord. It's a good time. It's a party all the time. Um, and, and honestly, there's there's a lot of good information floating around. Um, you know, we've got a good growing channel, and um, just generally speaking, it's a good group of folks. So, um, and some of those folks actually provided some questions for us today. So uh, we've actually answered a few of them. Um, so what are the options for medical home growers to have their products tested? Um, can you tell us again uh, where where to go to find you guys online really quick uh, if if people want to? Yeah, you can, you can find us on our website, um, theorigolabs.com, um, as well as, you know, through social media channels um, like Instagram as well as Facebook. Cool. Right off the bat, um, a question that came in. And this is a this is an interesting one, uh, Justine. I think you'd agree. Why does Illinois? Why did it seem for a while that right out of the gate, um, especially when adult use launched, that Illinois had some of the highest testing flower uh, as compared to other states? You know, I I I can only speak necessarily to to what we're doing um, internally, but you know, there are a lot of factors that, that go into, you know, test results that Illinois, it's not as standardized, um, in terms of sample collection, in terms of the randomness and how you're going to sample collect, um, and, you know, the extraction methods used and the methods used for, for testing and, you know, all the way down to the instruments, um, you know, everything there's, there's variability that you introduce into the, the testing process at every phase. Um, you know, I can't necessarily speak to, to why some of those strains appeared a lot higher than what they would in, you know, California or Colorado. Um, you know, I just know that, that from our side of things, you know, we use, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, the pharma grade, um, type of testing, um, that, that we offer, you know, from an FDA and EPA standpoint, um, our, our methods are all validated. We're, we're accredited and, and licensed by the state. And, um, you know, we're, we're hundred percent confident in our accuracy and our, our preciseness and in, in the test results that we supply. For sure. Um, do you, uh, can you tell us that was a, one of the questions that we had, can you speak about, um, sample sizing and sample collection, um, for testing batches? One of the things that I know off the top of my head, this is about the only thing I know is that like, I think the maximum weight for a batch is like 20 pounds. Is that correct? Co correct. Yeah. So it's a, a 20 pound um, batch weight limit. 
um, or for every 20 pounds, you can have a bigger bat. You can have 50 pounds if you want, but it, in that case, it would have to be tested three times. Um, but it's, it's per 20 pounds, um, has to be, um, tested for full compliance. Um, and half, uh, or it's a half a percent has to be sample collected of that, that batch, um, to give you a good representative, uh, you know, analysis of, of those results. Gotcha. So you said half a percent is sample collected. Yep. Um, how are those samples collected? Cause that's one of the things that you also mentioned. Is there any, is there any, um, rhyme or reason to it? Um, I've, one of the answers I've gotten is that there isn't, but I just didn't know from your perspective, if you know, like how does sample collection work? Cause I imagine you're just at the end of the chain. You're probably not involved with sample collection, but is there any yeah, so for for sample collection on our end, um, you know, we we make sure you know we're not introducing any type of contamination or anything like that. So we make sure everything is all sterile and all clean um, by the time we we you know touch the product or get to the product. Um, from there, we we do random sampling. So you know, from different parts of the batch, um, you know, from the left side, the right side, the middle. Um, the bottom, I mean, if you're talking about a 20 pound batch, we're taking, you know, a half a percent of that is, you know, 43 or 44 grams. Um, so it's, it's a fairly significant amount, um, that, that you're pulling and, and taking from. So, you know, just making sure you're not continuously going back to the same spot or, um, gotcha. you know, doing anything like that. Um, so just making sure it's as random as possible, um, on, on that side of things, and then making sure that you're not introducing any type of contamination throughout that process. Um, so making sure everything's clean and sterile and everything's bagged and tagged properly and um, weighed out properly. Um, once that happens, you know, by the time we get it back um, into the lab, everything's weighed back out um, to make sure that they're, um, everything matches up and, you know, the, the testing process begins. Gotcha. Interesting. That's, that's very interesting. So I just have to ask this question. I think it's on everybody's mind. Is the smell just like heaven? when that batch comes in, like, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it kind of varies. <laughs> it's you know, different, uh, different places we've been. It's like you walk through the door and it, the stench just, just hits you right in the face. Um, you know, others, they have a little bit better of a, uh, you know, air and air and, uh, you know, quality system. Um, so the scent is a little bit, um, less strong, I guess you could say. Um, it's still obviously very present, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you get all the smells, um, everything, you know, no matter what, and including our lab. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll come into our lab here and I'll open up the door and it's just, you know, it just reeks of weed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of those things I'm still getting used to um, on, on that front of just constantly, um, smelling it and constantly smelling like it. Uh, you know, that, that's something that, um, I'm still getting used to on that side. Yeah. I would imagine that if you go to the store after work, people are like giving you looks, you're like, dude, I'm testing it, but not in the way that you think. I promise <laughs> I'm a scientist. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, no, it definitely, I, I, I feel like people are definitely giving me a side eye after I've uh, gone and visited one of these cultivation centers. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So um, just to move on to another uh, community uh, question from the community, um, how does testing shake along with uh various forms of uh products i think by that they mean 
Flower versus Shake versus maybe Keith, I think, work. Um, they say in regards to uh, why the tendency to see similar cannabinoid content as their full flower alternative. I don't know what they mean by that, but can you speak to how does, te- and if you do know what they mean by that, go ahead, but how does testing shake along with the different forms of, uh, I guess, flower? I think that is their, that's their question. So, you know, the colas versus, do you get like batches of shake versus keef versus hash? Like how, and, and, and is there different testing methods for each, right? Yeah. So the, the various testing methods more or less are, are they vary um, between product assortments or, or the different matrices, um, like a gummy versus a chocolate versus a, a plant material or flower. Um, you know, that's really where the variance comes in at, um, especially in terms of, you know, edibles like, like gummies, for instance, it's all about the ingredients used. Um, I mean, if you're using, you know, gelatin or, or pectin, um, it, it alters, you know, the extraction method and the percent recovery that we would get on, on our extraction and our potency recovery. So, um, you know, from there, we just want to make sure that, you know, we have a good understanding as to, you know, what those ingredients are for the products that they're making. Um, it seems like they're infusing this stuff um, into the craziest things. I, I mean, the, the products we're seeing come through our door, it, it, it truly blows my mind um, uh, how creative some people are. And Taco seasoning, man. Exactly. Taco seasoning. Exactly. <laughs> You've got taco seasoning. I mean, even even just you know at the dispensaries, just some of the stuff. I, I know they're way behind. I think in the Illinois market in terms of product assortment of where you know obviously Colorado and California and Oregon and some of these other places are at, but the way sure. they're delivering some of these these products, um, it, it's it's truly truly great. And and I think it's gonna you know the market's gonna get to that level here in Illinois and. Um, I, that's what I'm most excited about is, is getting more involved in that new product development side and, um, being able to help, you know, create these unique products with these organizations and, and help them ensure that, you know, the testing that's being done on it is accurate and precise to ensure, you know, high quality, you know, and pure products for the, uh, medical patients and consumers. Yeah. And so one of the things that you kind of, uh, shocked me about in one of our initial conversations was and you said that, you know, we should make the market, we should make sure the market is aware that infused products are not tested in their final form. The distillate is tested in Illinois, at least, um, but not the final product. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that, that actually changed recently um, where now they're required, but I know there's a grace period right now. Um, but yeah, for a long time there, um, and still to this point, um, you know, a lot of the infused products that you're getting out in the Illinois market aren't being, um, aren't being tested. They're testing the distillate that goes into that. And, you know, those, if you look on the back of the pack, everything's very round numbers. Um, so when we started digging into it and, you know, we just did, you know, kind of an assessment of, of the Illinois market and just wanted to see, you know, exactly where everything was tying out at and, um, getting a full scope and understanding of, you know, hey, these these aren't accurate numbers. These aren't really tying out. And that's why I think from a consistent product standpoint, um, it's a major issue in terms of the edibles and infused products that you're getting in Illinois. I, I think, you know, one corner of that chocolate bar is going to be a whole lot different than, you know, that the other corner of that chocolate bar or, 
you know, this gummy isn't going to be the same amount of potency as this other gummy that you're taking in. And it just creates for a lot of inconsistency, um, not only from, you know, a consumer standpoint and how it affects them, but, you know, from a testing side of things of, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, the results are as consistent as possible. And, you know, when you're inducing a lot of variability um, in the manufacturing process, as well as the ingredients, as well as, you know, what products you're, you're trying to infuse, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of unknowns that, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, collaboration, a lot of research and, and a lot of due diligence to, to make sure that, you know, everything's aligned out and tied out to ensure that, you know, these companies can streamline getting a product on the shelves. And, you know, that starts with the testing and the understanding of, of the science behind, you know, this new product or new technology that they're introducing into a product. So, Tim, I was reading that your cannabinoid test determines up to 11 different cannabinoids and quantifies the level to a specific amount. You guys use a high performance liquid chromatography uh, with a triple quad mass spectrometer. Um, try saying that four times, uh, which is the gold standard uh, for the cannabis industry. If you guys didn't know, um, you guys use that tool to deliver a cannabinoid uh, profile. That's uh, I mean, unbeatable with regards to accuracy. Um, you guys are able to detect the lowest levels of cannabinoids to provide um, the consumer with an accurate, detailed profile of cannabis, CBD, or hemp. Uh, so let's go over a few of the cannabinoids that you guys test for because, you know, I was reading on the oregolabs.com slash cannabinoids that you guys test for THCA, which is a prominent cannabinoid in many strains of cannabis, probably one of my favorites. Conventional wisdom tells us that THCA may help with chronic pain, nausea, um, you know, and symptom relief from insomnia. THC has been, uh, I guess, said to limit cancer growth in some forms of can uh, cancer cell growth in some forms of cancer. But can you tell us um, what people are saying about some of the uh, lesser known cannabinoids, for example, CBG and Delta nine? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so CBG, you know, this, uh, this cannabinoid is, uh, you know, it's found in, in kind of the, the earlier phases of the, uh, the growth cycle. Um, but it is kind of the new, the new hot cannabinoid right now, um, that everybody's mainly talking about, but, um, you know, that's because of, uh, of its benefits, you know, it can help with, you know, sleep disorders, inflammation, um, as well as help with, uh, you know, reducing some of the, uh, the effects of, of cancer and, and chemo, um, you know, Delta nine, that's kind of the, the bread and butter that's, you know, THCA and Delta nine THC are, are kind of the two, um, that, that are the most prominent, uh, cannabinoids that people are aware of. And, you know, Delta nine, uh, you know, it can help with, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, pain management, relaxation, um, some anxiety as well as, uh, you know, it has some, uh, nausea helping, uh, properties behind it. So, um, you know, from that side of things, I, I think what I really want to touch on with that is, is there's really, you know, over a hundred um, cannabinoids out there. And, you know, the research is very, very limited on, um, you know, the ones that we do have information on. And I think that's something that, you know, we're trying to, to you know, provide additional research behind, trying to be able to isolate certain cannabinoids, trying to do, you know, research and studies on to understand and get a better grasp of, you know, what their benefits are and, um, you know, how they can be helpful um, if you administer it through, you know, different delivery metrics or systems. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's one thing that, 
you know, as a lab in particular, we're always trying to look at, you know, what are the new cannabinoids that are coming onto the market that, you know, are being looked at? What are some of these effects? Are they true? Are they false? Um, and, and trying to be able to validate and verify all that information and um, try to be an industry leader in, in terms of getting to that point. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that Justine, I think Tim's the, the Tim and the Oregon labs are the people we've been looking for because I've been telling Justine that, you know, with 113 cannabinoids and, uh, it seems like we're only talking about THC, CBD and CBN. And now you're starting to see like CBG come up. And I feel like the, the reason that we're talking about these ones is because they've, been made the most prominent through selective breeding which of course has been used to control the genetics of plants and modify the cannabinoid profile like i feel like as soon as we figured out that you know you can like as soon as we figured out how to make uh thc more abundant we just focused on thc you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly and and that's one thing where i know when we previously spoke you kind of mentioned you know there's companies out there that are creating you know, seeds that they're guaranteeing a specific strain or a specific potency level. And, and yes, that, that is, you know, true to a certain extent, but kind of what we were talking about earlier in this conversation was there's, there's so many factors that, that impact the plant, um, you know, from that, the water quality or, you know, the air quality or, um, you know, the soil and, and pesticides and fertilizers that you're using, um, to grow your plants, it, it all has a, a, an impact on that, that quality of it. And, um, you know, being able to understand that and being able to, to see that, you know, that's going to have, that's going to make your, your potency ranges vary, um, depending on certain things that you're doing throughout the cultivation cycle. Um, and, and that's where, you know, there's only so much you can do in terms of guaranteeing. So I would always kind of caution, um, you know, I've heard it time and time again of customers said, hey, I, I got these seeds from X, Y or Z. Um, they said, you know, for instance, it was supposed to be, you know, a CBG and, and something strain. And um, sure enough, there was no CBG in there. Um, they got played on their seeds and, you know, they paid a premium to have it as a CBG strain. And, and it wasn't at all. It was a CBD strain or something. Um so really be cautious in terms of, you know, where you're getting your seeds and vetting out um, that side of things. But, but knowing that, you know, you yourself play a huge part in, in the quality and, and the grow of that plant um, in terms of all those factors we, we previously listed. But um, yeah, it's definitely um, something that, you know, we hear it time and time again in terms of somebody's like, well, you know, we got these seeds. They said it was supposed to be this percentage or it's supposed to be, you know, a hybrid or an indica or, or something like that. And I'm um, sure enough, the results just came back um, as a completely different plant. And, sure. Um, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about percentages and everything else. And we kind of touched on this a little bit ago. This is a community question um, from a user named fuzzy like plants. I like that username. Um, he said he or she said, or they said, since percentages aren't a reliable indicator of potency, um, and since sativa slash hybrid slash indica isn't useful anymore, what should cultivators actually put on their packaging to keep consumers accurately informed? I think we kind of touched on that earlier. It's the idea of like a terpene profile as well as the whole cannabinoid profile, as long as 
would you agree that that if you display that information um, as well as the fact that it's clean <laughs> you know that's that's a good picture for the consumer yeah and I, I don't think the the percentages are like a bad I think the percentages are probably the best indicator and easiest to understand from a consumer standpoint um, probably the more accurate level is you know the result in milligrams per gram uh, column on our coas that we do it tells you how many milligrams of each analyte or uh, you know cannabinoid um, is concentrated within every gram of the product um, so that will probably give you a better idea in terms of the actual potency levels um, but the percentage is a real good base understanding as you know that's where that's how potent something is is, is that percentage amount and that's pretty easy for a consumer to understand and read um and and that's something that you know I, I think it circles back to that education piece where if they understand both columns or understand how to read and, and read that coa um, they can get a really good understanding as to you know how to how to grow their plants and, and get better higher potency or higher quality plants as well awesome thanks for getting into that next uh question that i've got here from the community um, and I think we've already kind of touched on this, um, but just feel free to to add anything, I guess. Um, what do the labs do to actively safeguard against inaccurate results? Example, multiple testing within a batch to confirm consistency. Like I say, I feel like we tested, touched on this because you talked about how you uh, make sure to pitch, pick different parts of the batch. Um, but just to continue the question, how confident are they in the accurate accuracy of the results? Again, I think touched on that you're pretty damn confident about it but feel free to add anything there tim yeah so just from a an accuracy standpoint and quality control standpoint so um we have qc checks um you know on we we run every batch um through an instrument with a negative and positive sample so something that's blank and something that's spiked um and making sure that our curves and and everything from an instrumentation standpoint and extraction and, and sample collection standpoint was was all tied out um, and everything was aligned in terms of everything matched up properly. Um, but we do run various uh, QC checks. Um, I, I, for us, we run seven different QC checks. Now the industry norm is three. Um, majority of you know the, the testing labs that we've come across or seen um, are doing one or two QC checks um, you know, throughout their batches and, and we run seven. So um, we're very thorough in the sense of, you know, we want to ensure that each batch that we run is as accurate and as precise as possible. Gotcha. Um, is now I know that this isn't going on yet, but have you got, have you like, let me just ask the question uh, from the community. Is the sampling process different for craft growers? No. So the sampling process will be the exact same. Um, it's our sampling procedures. We just have, you know, standard operating procedures for that sample collection process. Um, so for us, it, it depends on which, you know, matrix or product assortment determines which equipment we're using. But, um, in terms of the cultivation centers versus the craft growers, um, that licenses are yet to be awarded. Um, those processes will be the exact same. Cool. Are cultivators obliged to use the results returned by the lab or can they quote unquote shop results from different labs and publish the highest results on their packaging? So uh, a cultivation center cannot do that. Once they send out a batch for compliance testing, that batch is locked in within the state tracking system, BioTrack. 
um, and and that product, um, you know, it's basically it's held to those test results. Um, they can request um, another analysis done by you know the the Department of Agriculture, but from my understanding is is that's few and far in between of when they allow that, and um, you know it's basically mainly for that reason. Um, you know they don't want these cultivation centers going out and shopping their test results and just using the best test result that they get. <laughs> sure. Um, they sure. want to, you know, every, they want to hold all the testing labs to a specific standard. Um, and in turn that, that holds the cultivation standard, uh, cultivation centers to a certain standard. Well, that's refreshing to hear. I, I'll have to say that, that that's, you know, something that, that, that I, that's cool to hear that that's how it works, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so uh, how does it, we kind of touched on this, um, I feel like, but how do, how do the testing processes and procedures vary across labs? Yeah. So I, you know, I can only speak directly to what we do, but, um, I do know there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's not a lot of information and, and guidelines around, you know, the sample collection process or, um, the sample extraction pr- uh, methods used. Um, you know, there's really the the way the laws and everything was written here in Illinois. It was mainly just focused in on, hey, making sure you can hit this certain um, action limit or certain analyte um, that you want to test for. Um, you know, from, you know, the other side, I, I think, you know, there is a little bit of a gap there. And I think that's something that we're trying to work with the state on in terms of, you know, standardizing the sample collection processes um, sample extraction methods and trying to make sure that there's a level of standardization and level of consistency among the testing labs here in Illinois, um, because that is something that, you know, each one of those, um, phases, you know, it introduces variance and variability, um, within the testing process. So, you know, as you kind of go through that, it can compound itself and, um, it can create, you know, a wide range of test results. And that's something that we want to mitigate as best we can. And, um, do everything in our power to ensure that, you know, the results that we're putting out are, you know, a hundred percent accurate and a hundred percent precise for, for our customers. This next question is pretty interesting. Um, and I don't know that you'll have an answer to it. Um, but it's, it's an interesting thought. Um, will Illinois ever consider consumption testing as discussed in Colorado? And they put in parentheses, I've read about this. I don't know much about it. Maybe you, maybe you do not sure, but, um, they, put in parentheses, they want to test what comes out of vapes versus only what goes into them. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot more studies done around that. Um, I think that's going to be more at the federal level if it does get legalized um, or when it gets legalized eventually, um, depending on which, which view you have on that. (laughs) Um, I I think that's going to be a huge topic of research and, and studies that are going to get done are going to be, you know, what's actually coming out of it versus what's going in. Because at this point in time, right now, we're, we've got studies that are individually based on some of those ingredients that are going into these vapes, not necessarily all of them. When you combine them all together, what happens when you, when you heat that up and and you get that vaporized smoke coming out of it, what is actually being ingested and how harmful is it? And I think that's really where, um, you know, to make sure that, that the stuff that is being put in there is safe for consumption. But I do think that that's that next wave of research and studies um, that's going to get done. It's going to be, you know, what's actually coming out of that vape rather than what's just going in. Gotcha. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a interesting thought. I, you know, you don't. Sometimes you don't think of things like that, right? <laughs> so, background to this question from the community. It comes from an analytical chemist um, themselves. So, the cannabis analytical testing industry and regulation industry testing procedures slash SOPs, etc., is rapidly changing. They say. Um, their, I guess their first question: How often are they are they updating since all of these protocols are still being established slash evolving? Um, I'll pause just for that question. Yeah. So for, for us internally, um, we're, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly looking at, you know, ways we can be better, can, can get better and more accurate test results, whether that's, you know, through the, uh, the solvents that we're using for our extraction methods or whether it's through our, our sample collection process or, you know, getting a better understanding and, and collaborating with, um, you know, our, our, our partners and cultivation centers to, you know, understand what products they're developing, what ingredients are going into those products. Um, to to the, the guy's point or the, the guy who asked the question is point, it is constantly evolving. It is constantly changing. And, you know, we have kind of this, this fantastic infrastructure and, and great fundamentals currently in place here at our organization. And, um, you know, it allows us to be nimble and be flexible and being able to, to introduce these these other concepts and other methods that are being used to um, to really kind of elevate the Illinois market um, from a testing perspective. So we're actively, um, you know, seeking out those types of uh, opportunities and actively trying to um, look at, you know, how we can better ourselves, how we can continuously improve the, the things that we're doing internally um, to make sure that the results that we're producing are, are the best and, and most accurate. Who regulates all of the labs in Illinois? Yeah, so it's the uh, the Department of Agriculture. Um, so they um, handle all of the um, approvals of the labs, handle all of the um, you know licensing and all of that stuff, as well as um, the auditing and, and everything. So they're in sole control of um, managing and handling the the lab aspects behind cannabis and, and hemp testing. And another question that he has: Are they hiring? <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Um, he said he's an analytical chemist himself. You know, oh, so. Is he talking about us or is he talking about Yeah, yeah. Are you guys hiring? I guess that's what he says. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he was talking about the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> um, I was like, <laughs> no. you'd have to ask them. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, for, for us um, on our end, we are, um, you know, right now at the moment, we don't have any job openings. But, um, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier, we're constantly evolving and we're, we're constantly growing. Um, so we're always looking for, you know, high quality and great talent. So anybody that is, you know, interested in, in joining this field or joining this industry, um, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. I, I'm more than happy to, to, you know, look over our look over your resume, talk to you about some potential upcoming opportunities we might have um, or, or get you, you know, in contact with somebody who may be able to help them. So um, I, I think it is one of the few industries that is growing right now from an employment standpoint. And it's something I'm very proud of from that side of things. And, um, you know, I, I just want to let anybody know that if they are seeking, you know, employment opportunities, that this industry is a great one to, to look at. Awesome. Thanks for getting into that. This is an interesting question. Given a particular batch, how do terpene levels differ between colas, popcorn buds, and shake? Do you see anything like that? 
Uh, you know, I I do a little bit because the the terpenes are, are produced on on kind of the trichomes, um, you know, in that similar part of the plant, and um, that's where you know, depending on if it's you know shake or the lower part of the plant or the higher part of the plant, you'll see that distribution of um, or at least the the levels of potency within those those terpene profile, um, you know, kind of be adjusted or, or go back and forth. But um, for the most part, the the chemical composition of the plant um, is going to show and you're going to have, you know, whether it's trace amounts or regular amounts of, uh, you know, those, uh, those analytes or those terpenes um, are going to consistently show up to, regardless of, of that uh, product assortment. It'll just show up at you know, various levels. How is their moldy smelling cannabis coming from cultivators? How does it pass the testing? Is there only one batch tested? Do they get to pick and choose what gets tested? You know, the Illinois market in general is having some issues with the microbial testing. Um, so their action limits um, are 10 times lower than what uh, Michigan and some of these other, um, you know, legalized states are. So what that means is it's a lot easier for an Illinois cultivator to pop hot for, you know, yeast and mold testing than it would um, for a Michigan cultivator under those um, under their standards and, and guidelines. So, um, you know, for yeast and mold perspective, I'm I'm a little bit shocked that you got product that was um, yeast and moldy here in Illinois just because of that reason of, you know, those limits are so low here that, um you know, you really got to know what you're doing to be able to, to make sure that you're not over those action limits. And, um, you know, it's something you, if you do see product that is, you know, moldy or, or has, you know, that, that moldy scent to it, um, I would recommend not ingesting it. <laughs> I think, you know, you can get a headache from it. You could have kind of that, um, you know, that upset stomach, that type of thing that, that occurs from, from moldy product. And, uh, you know, I would recommend not getting, not smoking that or ingesting it. But um, just from the micro side, yeah, I, I, I know that, you know, some companies have kind of gone about it in different ways, um, but you really got to have a clean environment, a contaminant free environment um, and, and workspace and, and make sure that, you know, you know what you're doing from a growing perspective and, um, you know, making sure you're not introducing you know, any contaminants through the packaging process. Um, you know, that, that's something that, you know, we test the product before it gets packaged and before it hits the shelves. Um, so testing a product after it gets packaged, that's something that I think probably needs to be looked at and will be looked at here um, in the state of Illinois relatively soon um, just to do more testing on the product uh, packaging side to make sure that, you know, you're not introducing any harmful contaminants or any um, you know, anything within that or, you know, helping create an environment that inhibits that type of, uh, you know, moldy growth, um, within those plants. Sure. Um, well, it's, you kind of touched on this, but this is another question relating to that. How frequently are mycotoxins detected or mold? How much cannabis is discarded due to contamination? It sounds like Illinois is pretty stringent. Yeah, Illinois is very stringent. So I think it, it varies from cultivator to cultivator um, because everybody has their own manufacturing processes and their own uh, grow processes in place that I think some do it a little bit better than others in terms of creating that that clean environment. 
Um, but I, I don't have the, you know, the statistics off the top of my head, but I want to say in um, like Colorado and the more mature markets that have some of that info and data points to go off of, um, I, I want to say it was right around like 10 or 15% of the overall batches end up failing for um, whether it's micro or mycotoxins, um, you know, one of those um, types of failures. Um, it's, it's right around that. I, I think it's 10 or 15% for those other markets. But um, Illinois just hasn't gotten enough data to be able to collect um, to really publish numbers that, that make sense and are accurate. Um, why do cannabis labs test with THCA content and not just put THC percentage like California and Colorado? So that's one thing that Illinois, I believe, is is actually changing and updating on their product uh, labeling right. is creating a total THC content. Um, what most people don't understand is THCA, once you light it on fire or combust it at a certain temperature, um, it turns into Delta 9 THC at a rate of 0.877 um, is the calculation that, that they provide. So it's not a one-to-one, you know, turnover rate. It's, you know, it degrades at, to a certain extent um, and converts over to that Delta 9. So they want to be able, you know, it's more for the CBD side um, rather than the cannabis side because cannabis, you know, you want that Delta 9. But um, in CBD, it's a lot more of a gray area in terms of what they're testing for. Um, they just are required to test for potency levels and um, just Delta 9 has to be um, below that, that uh, 0.3%. So, um, you know, they're not testing that, that THCA um, doesn't get included in that number. And, you know, we've heard of it. We haven't seen it come through, but we've heard a product that has been out on, you know, a convenience store shelves that says it's, you know, it's all, uh, you know, CBD product and, you know, you end up coming to find out that, you know, it had about, um, you know, four or five percent of THCA in it. And, you know, you combust that and you light it on fire that can get somebody that a little bit of a head high from that. Um, not saying it'll do a ton, but um, you sure. would technically fail a drug test from that. And um, that's where I think the federal government is, is bringing being a little bit more stringent in terms of what's being regulated, how it's being regulated. Um, and how the labs are testing for it. And um, I think that's all going to be updated and changed and, you know, taken care of here in the near future. Um, I know they're constantly looking at, you know, the CBD and hemp laws. Um, and, you know, that is one thing that they're actively looking into. And um, I know for us, we provide that information on our COAs. We provide a total THC um, content as well as a total CBD level. Um, so that's, something that we actively kind of or proactively went out and um, just made sure we provided our customers with that level of information. So they at least had it um, for when they needed it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you for answering those questions that, that were, those were the community questions. So thank you everybody for uh, submitting those questions. Really good ones. Uh, I just have to say myself, um, good questions. Um, once again, where can our audience find the Orgo labs online? Yeah, so uh, you guys can find us at uh, www.theorigolabs.com, um, as well as on our uh, Facebook, as well as Instagram pages at Origo Labs. Awesome, cool. And we'll throw uh, all that information in the description. Once again, folks, check the description out if you want to see what a COA from the Origo Labs looks, looks like. Um, reach out to the Origo Labs. 
Um, you can just go to their website for their contact information. If you want to get your own uh, medical, you know, if you're a medical cannabis patient in the state of Illinois and you want to get your cannabis tested to see what it reads out as, you know, see, it's like your report card, people. Do it. Reach out to the Orego Labs. I think that's fucking awesome that you guys are providing that service for people. So, Tim, are you at the Orego Labs right now? I am. Uh, I, I am. Um, I, I am at the lab uh, currently, and uh, yeah, just uh, just enjoying it here on this uh, this beautiful Saturday. Cool. So, you, why don't you just go ahead and grab you know some cannabis off of the the lab's shelf or whatever, roll it up, and uh, we're gonna smoke some. I'm joking, um, but we <laughs> we are actually about to spark up our joints. We always do this at the end of our show. Um, I just wanted to say again, Tim, thank you very much um, for joining us. Um, Tim, you're a, you're a lab guy. Have you ever smoked weed? You know, I, I, I have dabbled and, and partaken uh, on a few occasions. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to maybe once uh, COVID and everything dies down here, um, to, to indulging with, uh, with both you and Justine um, here eventually. <laughs> that yes uh, that would be awesome that would be awesome and something to look forward to for our community um we'll definitely um when you know thanks are things are you know safe and everything and um that'll be soon just to put a positive thing out there i think you know we, we're seeing a vaccine rolling out Woohoo! um but we'll uh be making a trip to go see tim at the orego labs um and so uh, we'll be giving you guys another opportunity um, to ask any questions and, uh, I'll be bringing a little notebook and, um, we might even do like a video and do a little tour of the Orego labs. Um, you know, check it out. Absolutely. We'd love to have you out anytime. Um, looking forward to having you and, uh, you and Justine over to the lab and showing you around and introducing you to some of the team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, yeah. Thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll see you in the future. Or Justine, did you have something to say? I don't mean to cut you off. I didn't give you a No, I was just going to um, express my appreciation to Tim for coming on the show. I learned so much and my mind is pretty blown about testing. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure chatting with, with both of you today and um, I'm looking forward to doing it again here sometime soon. For sure. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely be reaching out soon. I, I like this uh, relationship. So, yeah. All right. Chill, Illinois. Take care. Bye.